Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and our topic today is a, to me at least, surprising experiment in active management that has paid off handsomely for more than a decade now, but will it continue? When you think of hot investment funds, one or more mutual funds or hedge funds might come to mind. For example, Bridgewater Associates is the largest hedge fund, managing well over $100 billion. Its manager, Ray Dalio, made a sweet 15% return on one of his funds last year, something investors with sufficient billions could look into. But there's another exclusive fund with superb long-term results and a unique assortment of investments for which the investment minimum is zero, but which most of you can never get into, even though it dwarfs Bridgewater in size. I speak of the Canada Pension Plan, whose investment board oversees nearly 400 billion Canadian dollars. But this fund is not for rich folks saving up for a private yacht or Swiss chalet. This is the retirement fund for 20 million Canadians. Yes, you got that right. While Americans' social security money is invested in safe treasury debt, the investment board overseeing Canadians' retirement works under a mandate seeking a maximum rate of return without undue risk of loss. Equally surprising, Canadians chose an active management approach over a passive strategy, a policy in place now for a dozen years. This week, Canada's Parliamentary Budget Office reported that active management has earned Canadians $50 billion above what they'd have earned in a passive strategy during that time. The fund's annualized 10-year return exceeds 11%. As a result, the Canada Pension Plan is getting a lot of good press recently, and active managers are riding its coattails. But it made this curious journalist wondering about more than just how normally reserved Canadians are letting their money roll. Specifically, I was wondering how the CPP's investment board is getting such outstanding results. The fund is heavily invested in alternative investments. For example, every time you buy your dog pet food, you're making a Canadian's retirement more secure, since the fund owns half of Petco, a private company. Listed stocks represent just a third of its portfolio, private equity about a fourth, real estate 12%, infrastructure 8%, bonds and cash about 10%, and corporate credits about 10%. The portfolio mix looks not unlike other sovereign wealth funds. Will this experiment work? I suppose time will tell. The fund's manager, Mark Macon, formerly of Goldman Sachs, offered a nuanced defense of active management in a candid interview in the Toronto Star. He said his team's management is paid off to the tune of tens of billions of dollars, but acknowledged that Canada should use a passive management approach if this excess return does not persist over time. He also warned individual investors against doing what he does. I quote, It's really, really hard. So think carefully about whether you really have the skills yourself. Because when you invest in the market, you're competing against professional investors who have teams of people who are able to understand the situation. If you're doing it yourself, it's better just to do passive. The second thing is just to diversify. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, or two baskets, or three baskets. Macon was just as frank in an interview with the Financial Times, in which he said it's hard to sell illiquid private investments in a downturn. Note that about half the fund is invested privately. That point could actually be the fund's greatest strength, if, and only if, it is well managed. In other words, to succeed, the manager ought not to sell his investments, private or public, in a downturn. Frankly, it would be investment malpractice if a fund of that scope sold low in a crisis. 
Another part of the equation would be the public. If Dodo had politicians seek to tar and feather CPP's management in a downturn for poor results, that too could be damaging. But if cool heads prevail and management maintains the broad diversification that Macon touts, then CPP could do very well. For my part, and mind you, I've never managed money professionally, I'd feel better about Canada's approach if the fund included higher levels of cash and cash equivalents. It's a good thing to keep the CPP solvent and earn high returns, but it doesn't need to have the highest returns on the block. It should aim to beat U.S. Social Security, not Bridgewater or the S&P 500. Just saying. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others can discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.